0: Hey, this is Mark. A quick programming note on this one. Uh, We recorded this on Sunday afternoon before the Jazz Grizzlies game. It is filled with, in fact, it's brimming and overflowing with optimism and euphoria and excitement about the playoffs and also about the best regular season that the Jazz have had in their franchise history. Uh, A couple days have passed, and guess what? I stand by everything set in the pod, including my prediction for the series. So hopefully you've also, like me, had a chance to step away and uh, regain sanity. And hope this is a fun one. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another episode soon. Hey, uh, this is Twos and Threes, a podcast that covers the best basketball team in the whole NBA. Doug, this podcast focuses only on covering the best basketball team in the whole darn league in 2020-2021. They're also the team with the best defender alive, the team with the two best six men in the NBA, the team with the guy who has the best hairdo in the NBA. and You don't even know if I'm talking about Mike Conley or Derek Favors um basically it has all the people that i love that aren't looking at me across the zoom and that aren't in my immediate family and close friends i'm talking about the utah jazz doug and i'm talking about the nba playoffs and i'm talking about talking about talking about all this stuff because i'm pretty excited how are you man um
1: i'm stoked i'm like i'm sitting can you hear me can yeah, you feel yeah. No, there
0: was just a there was a fun delay there that it was like it was like mm, I'm stoked. Anyways, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um I'm I'm so ready, Mark. I'm wearing my Donovan Mitchell
1: shirt. I've been wearing You're my Donovan great. Mitchell socks all day all day. Actually they're uh, Utah no, no. Jazz socks, not Donovan Mitchell. But um and sadly, we're not gonna see Donovan Mitchell in this game um suited up. But I'm just so ready. I'm just so ready. This this playing week has been fun, but it's been way too long.
0: Way too long. And uh, so for context, we are recording this. It is, if you're a Mountain Time folk, it's 5.38 p.m. Mountain Time Sunday. The game starts in T-minus under two hours. Um, So this is pre-game one. Um, we've been yeah, we've been suffering congratulations to all of us that have made it through this plan week. Um, three hours ago I was feeling way better before I saw a Woge bomb come across my phone and I didn't believe it until Sarah Todd told me um, on Twitter that Donovan was out. I complained to her about it as I want to do. Um, I don't like it one bit that he's out. Um, but I'm not gonna we'll talk about it more maybe as we go. But let's not let it kill the good vibes of the Jazz are finally playing. We we had to watch the dregs of the NBA slug it out and, to get a ticket to the slaughterhouse in Salt Lake City. Um, and uh, we finally made it. We're here. Um, it's game one. This is going to come out after game one. We'll see what happens in game one. Maybe we'll throw something on the end of the pod. Normally, when I say that, Doug, we don't do that. Um, but it's been a while since you and I have podcasted together. Um the people have been clamoring for twos and threes a little bit. I know at least like two tweets that I've seen asking for it. And guess what? It's been a tough stretch with school for you. I always like to say that first to make it kind of blame it on you. But really, yeah. I moved recently. I've got a lot going on. And mostly, we just needed to get through the end of this slog season and get into the playoffs. Because like a playoff Rondo, I don't know. I don't want to have anything to do with him. But like LeBron James, sometimes we have to take two weeks off in the middle of the season um just so we can come back and find playoff form, and I think you're in the best shape I've seen you in, um, as far as podcasting goes, and we're ready to do this.
1: Yeah. Um we we were kind of sitting out with Donovan. Um the, as as the podcasting world was on hold um and trying to the Jazz Pod co op was trying to stay strong without us, um, as They've were the as were the jazz staying strong without Donovan. I mean, we thought about taking this pod off today, Mark like donovan taking game one off yeah. but but we had to jump in and you're no, not
0: gonna be able to do it we had to do it i felt better when brian priest and the kid took home court press off for like two weeks because of like those guys are machines so if they can do it we can do it um but here we are and we're raring to go um we're gonna go a little bit out of our normal format um we're still gonna kind of do three segments because what the heck it's twos and threes um and Even though this is coming out after game one, the first one we're going to focus on, Doug, is we're going to put a bow on this regular season, which in my opinion, and I think empirically in many senses, was the best one in the history of the franchise. Um, So we're going to talk about five things that we took away or we remember from the season that was. Then in segment two, we're going to talk a little bit about our matchup and what to think about with the Grizzlies coming up. And then to put a ball on the whole thing, uh, we're going to give our predictions across the whole playoff board. So it's that kind of podcast in the sense that it's going to be fun, um, as it always is. And uh, let's, let's go into segment one, Doug, and let's talk about uh, the best season in the history of the Utah Jazz.
1: Segment one. Yay!
0: Okay, Mark, I think that that comment, that,
1: that lead into segment one is perfect for my first one. Perfect. So, look at us. We're sitting here. We're in our jazz paraphernalia, and we're here on a Sunday Sunday evening. We're talking jazz, and Sunday, we're talking about
0: day.
1: we're talking about the best team in the league. This this is kind of one of those best team in the league kind of podcasts, Mark. Um, and the only kind I do right. And when you think about the best team in the league, you always think about the MVP. And so, I mean, we talk about it a little bit, like. Rudy and Donovan should get some more love, this and that, but um, this year, I've, I've, I've kind of backed away from the MVP conversation. Obviously, the Jazz have players: Rudy, Defensive Player of the Year, Mike, and Joe, getting big ups for six man. Uh, not Mike, sorry, um, Jordan and Joe, and Jordan's gonna win it. Quinn for Coach of the, the Year, but something that I thought was so awesome about this season is that. It's kind of had different segments of who has been the most consistent offensively and just kind of led the way for the Jazz. I I, I broke it down like this and you can tell me how you feel about it. Um, I mean, Donovan's always been Donovan. But I feel like at the start of the season, Mike was the most consistent. Then kind of shifted from Mike to Jordan and then Jordan to Donovan for a long stretch and then after his injury, Bojan really, really kind of um, took the Jazz where they needed to be. And for me, it's just kind of fun. Like We have like different quarters to the season um, and different times where people just played awesome. And the Jazz just have such a good team. It's just been so fun to see. It's so, so weird to think back when Mike was carrying us at the beginning of the season. Um, but for me, it's been fun to have kind of the segments where people were... We're on hot streaks and, and carrying the team. I, I put under that that I felt like Joe, Rudy, and Royce were all kind of consistently doing their role the whole time. But I felt like Mike, Jordan, Donovan, and Boyan kind of had those offensive stretches where they just kind of were on fire and couldn't be stopped.
0: I love it, Doug. Uh, I, I love it, and I, I think I, I assumed we were going to have some overlap in our list and I feel like your number one kind of overlaps with my number five, which uh, yes. I put, and I'm just going to tie them together. I put on my on my little OneNote thing here, overall one seed, best, quote, unquote, best team in the NBA kind of stuff. My favorite thing to tweet this whole year is after again, be like, that was best team in the NBA kind of stuff. I've had people give me crap, all of it pretty much playful, but like, and when they lose a close game or they lose to the Timberwolves, they're like, best team in the NBA, Marcus. And do you know what I would normally do? I would pull up ESPN um, app standings. It would still be the Jazz in first place, other than like a six-day stretch when Phoenix reclaimed it. Um, And I'd say, "Oh yep, look, I just checked it. Turns out they're still the best team in the NBA." And part of the reason I was I was gonna tie that into like a month ago, over a month ago at this point, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley got hurt, and they were out, and. Up until that point, even the likes of David Locke were saying, this team is the best team in the NBA, in part because they've been the healthiest team, and Phoenix, in part because they've been the healthiest team. And uh, the fact that they held on to the one seed is one of the things I'm going to remember. And I love how you've broken it down into segments because it really was that. It's funny to think back and be like, man, is Mike Conley the MVP of the league in the first month? Yeah. And he he there was a good argument. He was the top of, like, the Raptor stat on 538. Him and Rudy were the number one and number two most of the year in plus minus. Um, and then Jordan Clarkson, yeah, like you said, was was 50-40-90 for a big chunk of the season and kind of almost won the six-man-a-year award. Well, we'll maybe get to that because I think there's a there's a decent chance. I still think Jordan wins that. I personally think he should, but there's a decent chance Joe Ingles does too, and he would be deserving as well. But I would even throw in Joe Ingles, to your point, and in the middle – There was a stretch there the first time I think Mike got hurt where Joe Ingles um, was arguably our best offensive player, even though it was for a a smaller stretch. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, it was just that kind of season. And the thing that it's one of the reasons not to get ahead of ourselves, but this gives me so much optimism for the postseason, Doug, is that in the past, the Jazz have had to manufacture points. They've had to grind it out we've been, like, a wildcat offense. It's yeah. like we've had Donovan as, like, our versatile running back quarterback, and we've had a the best defense in the league. And then last year we kind of shifted the other way to have defense. But still, especially in the playoffs without Bogey, we were not as versatile. And people keep saying, does the Jazz style of play translate to the playoffs? And I, do you know what my answer is, Doug? It's which, which style. Which style are we talking about here? Because the Jazz are versatile. I <laughs> mean, they can just do it. So – Um, I love that. And can I give you another one on my list that I think kind of wraps around? A thing that I'm going to remember about this year, sometimes people call us a Homer podcast or an optimistic podcast. Uh, Guess what? This was a good year to be an optimistic jazz fan, Doug. All year long, people weren't wanting to count out the guys that I like. Chief among them, I'm going to remember this. Well, first, this is the way it goes. It's kind of your segment of the season point. The first week of the season, it's always... This is my favorite annual tradition in the NBA. Joe Ingles is dead. Joe Ingles is washed. Joe Ingles doesn't have it anymore. He just doesn't look. And then, like, two weeks later, we realize, no, actually, Joe Ingles is is Magic Johnson 2.0. And he's out there dealing, and he ends up with, like, one of the best true shooting percentages ever, ever. Another one early in the season. George Niang's not an NBA player. Guess who's gonna make... I'm sorry, Doug. I'm gonna have to say it like this. Guess who's gonna make a hell of a lot of cheddar this summer? Our guy... George Niang. Guess who was on the George Niang gang from the beginning? You and me, the t-shirts we have that he used to wear. This podcast has been a pro-George Niang podcast for as long as I can remember. And uh, guess what? He has been awesome. There was, a, there was a Twitter account called the George Niang Tracker that I think was initially meant to mock his minutes and and talk about how someone else needed to play over him and then just turn into like an effusively positive thing. And then like, maybe we should follow other guys and make them play better. And one of those was Boyan Bogdanovich. And one of my favorite, this is my bow on this one. Yeah. One of my favorite games of the whole year that I'm always going to remember is that Denver game because it basically got us the one seed. It was Boyan Bogdanovich just saying, "Not, not today. And just going up against the MVP of the league Shooting the lights out. He gave the interview after the fact. If you want me to cry, Doug, keep don't cut me off from talking because it's <laughs> gonna come. in the In the post game interview, he says it, it's something about like we did what we did and we're back where we belong at the top of the standings because we're the best team in the NBA. And if you're if you're not, I tweeted this earlier, and, the, and then some people are like, Hey, Mark, like you quit rubbing earth it. But whatever, I tweeted earlier in the season that my kind of fandom is this, Doug. Bojan Bogdanovic was struggling. To me, it was really obvious he was coming off of injury and he wasn't confident in his wrist. I don't know if he was going to get back to what he was last year, but I'm the type of fan that's like, oh, I hope to see that he does. And I'm not saying other people don't, but I think more of them be like, oh, we should just trade him. Oh, I got value. And let's, let's, let's GM, let's move things around. This is our kind of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. I, however you like to follow sports is fine by me. I'm just saying for me, I'm saying don't trade my guy bogey i mean now sometimes they don't become my guy but last year bogey became my guy if if bogey didn't become your guy last year when he made the shot against the bucks and against the rockets and just was freaking stone cold all year long and then the team would say brother one two three brother when he wasn't (laughs) in the bubble if he's their guy he was my guy and my guy came through and we'll see if they can all play together in the playoffs i'm excited as as i can be to see it but man this year uh you bagged on my guy, I supported my guy, and every single time my guy came out on top because guess what? We were the best team in the NBA. That was beautiful.
1: If, if you're sitting on the other, other end of this podcast, you're listening to Mark. There, his forehead vein is coursing. <laughs> He's getting sweat down his brow. He is feeling passion. That was beautiful.
0: I've had a lot of pent-up pod energy, Doug, lately, so, so good. Go.
1: Okay, well, then I'm going to tag on to that one. and Because one of mine that I put was George Niang Starter. And, yeah, I mean, you said it. This is the George Niang Podcast. I, wh- <laughs> what are we doing not getting George Niang on this podcast? It's a crime I, I think we have all Come of the, the connections pod, to do it. Um,
0: yeah, we'll make it happen.
1: Minivan's coming. Um, I just thought that was so awesome. Literally, George Niang Tracker, beginning of the season. And admittedly, he had a rough start. But he this did. dude's going to be a starter. <laughs> I'm going to say it. If, if he doesn't stay with the Jazz, he's going to be a starter on a bad team. And, I think so.
0: And, or a, or a six-man on a good team. Or a six-man on a good team.
1: Awesome
0: team. Uh, George
1: is awesome. And it's been so fun to see. The, this is the beauty of, of being a Jazz fan. The George Nying story, Trent Forrest, Joe Ingles rudy gobert seeing these guys develop on the jazz it's just so fun um so i i put george needing starter as well yeah, and,
0: and can i add one thing to that doug because one thing i will say in defensive optimistic jazz fan myself to me george didn't shoot well for like two weeks but after the first couple of games where he just played bad i thought he played well and missed some good looks but like he was moving defensively he was driving and that I tweeted, out, I think George is looking better, and people are like, George doesn't look like he should play. And it was better. And it was the same thing with Boyan. It's it's optimism with context. With Boyan, I was just like, his wrist clearly doesn't feel he doesn't feel confident in it. So, anyways, that was a fun thing to me about George. It was like he came out really cold shooting, and and then he just decided to impact the game in other ways. And I think the difference between George Nying 40% three-point shooter last year and George Nying 40% three-point shooter this year and what's going to make him that money is he's no longer the guy they're targeting on defense and just putting in a pick-and-roll and and having success on. And he's also no longer the guy who just can only catch and shoot threes. He goes to the rim. I I think he's a really good basketball player. I do too.
1: We're all in on George Nying. And then I guess here's my third one, which also goes with what you said. But I'm just going to remember early season Mark saying the jazz need to be in the playoffs the whole season. And, <laughs> and guess what? Mark? <laughs> they weren't just in the playoffs the whole season top 8. They were the number 1 seed essentially the whole season. Um and it was just fun. This was a fun year. They they lived up and surpassed your expectation of of just being in the top 8 bracket. Um and and you met. Isn't that it by wild s- that that was th- that
0: felt like a uh, sorry? I mean, it, it's just wild that that felt like a reasonable thing to say, kind of at the time, because my favorite tradition that we didn't follow was falling five games under five hundred in the first forty games, and climbing out of the ten seed to fight for home court advantage and then not get it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I I mean, podcasting we're really along for the ride. Like I I wouldn't say I. I don't think I watched all 72, but it's pretty close. And we were just here for the whole thing, and it was fun. Yeah, um, it was really fun. So, with Jazz, right. jazz well, surpassing expectation.
0: That's right. And I'm with you. Here's, here's one of the reasons they did it. And again, these are all kind of the same things, but this was a different thing on my list. Um, it's not just him, but one of our... One of our Twitter friends, his name's Josh. He'll t- he just I, and I love him, but he he loves to be the first person to tweet. Oh man, game over! Jazz aren't coming back in this or whatever. And I guess I felt like it was my personal mission to respond to every one of his tweets like that and be like, "This is a ridiculous statement." And the game was never over for the Jazz. <laughs> they just always. The reason why I felt like uh, there was something that there was some point early in the season when I finally just really bought it and I thought this is a championship contender. And here's the thing, Doug. Quick caveat. I do think the Jazz are the best team in the NBA. I've said it ad nauseum on this particular podcast episode. I do not think that means they're necessarily going to win the championship. I think there are several teams that can and the margins are small. I just think the Jazz have the best chance um, because I think they're, they're a little bit better than everybody else. But one of them is just that they, every time they fell down in a game, They came back. This this team did not get blown out. This team finished without Donovan and Mike for the last month of the season and still had the best point differential in the NBA by three points. They were plus nine. They averaged, if you just took all the scores of all the games, they averaged beating teams by nine points, which is historically good. And they were top three offense and defense, I believe. But Doug, that's just because even in the games they lost, some of the ones that devastated people the most, the Jazz always made a run. And they always had a chance. And a big question about them is, in those close games at the end, can they win enough of them? And and my you know my theory, and I think the statistics statistical history of the NBA is on my side on this one is over the course of seven games, the team with an, a plus nine point differential typically wins. Um, but that, that, that seems was just like it. It was that just, seems like a straight theory real. to me. Yeah, it's just, I don't feel like I'm out on an island on this. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're gonna win. It just means um, hey. Uh, maybe maybe we're not an underdog as the one seed. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it. The game was just never over. It's a it's a hallmark. To, it, and just like my book of basketball, it's a hallmark of championship teams that I recall. It's this non-panic when you get down, and it's this we continue to play our game, and no team this year, besides with the exception of Steph Curry going crazy, guess what he didn't make the playoffs, um, maybe a Dame or something, no team scores twelve points faster than the Jazz. Yeah, no team does. Yeah, I mean, no team can rip off twelve points faster than the Jazz. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I I hope we can figure out um how they play against each other. Right. Uh, but anyways, that was my third one.
1: I like it. Um. Okay. So this is my fourth. I'm gonna say something that was fun was the uh what was originally the 2050 rule and then. Abridged and improved by him, at the twenty fifty fifty rule. Um, and it was, and if you listen to the podcast, you know what the twenty fifty fifty rule is. But, um, just kind of a fun, more analytical sense to to the season and something that we ended up looking out for in every game. So, in in the purest form of fandom, it was just like little Easter eggs that you would look for in each game. Like, oh, what's the true story behind? Why the Jazz are winning, Um, and um,
0: it was just fun. I thought it was fun. I loved it. I think you were super prescient. I think you've imprinted yourself, and Hema jumped right on in the annals of Jazz Twitter history with this stat. People tweeted about it. It was fun. People were like, like Kristen would be like, "Wait, did they get to twenty threes today?" Like people like it. It'd be. It was just. It was fun, and and the thing I like about it is. A, it was a, it was really a bellwether stat. So you could just take it up, literally. And I think the only game that was 20-50-50 that they lost was the game when they were playing without four of the starters against the Lakers. Um, and I think... And they lost in overtime. So, I mean, it was a pretty good rule in that sense. But I also like the fact that it's emblematic of what I think NBA analytics is now, where it, it the those what seemingly arbitrary numbers told a broader story, which was just if the Jazz played their kind of game where they had to play defense, obviously, but they they ran their offense and they got the kind of looks they wanted, which is they ha- they were the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Last year, they were the highest percentage. This year, they made the most of them, took the most of them. And I think maybe the Clippers were the only team with a higher percentage. Um, they were going to win. And, and I liked the fact that there were games when they were down and they got out of it. And it didn't work out so well. And there were games when they got down and they got back into the game because they went back to just playing their game and getting their shots. And, you know, one of my worries for the postseason is, especially with a guy like Royce O'Neill, I think it's really critical that in this Memphis series, he shoots the ball. And he's got to shoot it when he's open. And he's been a little more hesitant late in the season. We got to see it because the Jazz got, if the Jazz play their game, they can do it. But yeah, I love the 20-50-50 rule. I, I love you for doing it. And uh, I love you for bringing it up in this because it was one of the funnest things and I'm going to think about it always for this year, for sure. Yeah. Um, here's mine, my, my fourth one. Um, the All-Star Game. The All-Star Game had three Jazz players and the Jazz coach. Are you kidding me? Um, the All-Star Game had LeBron James soon to be a first-round exit um, talking crap on our team. It had Rudy Gobert then wearing an NBA Jam shirt. To me, it, it to me it was LeBron James saying, trying to make a take a shot at the best team in the NBA and play mind games. It was pretty fun, and uh, Mike Conley in the three point contest was fun. Mostly, this was a I meant this is a Mike Conley thing because it was just cool to see him get it. Um, it was cool to see all three of those guys there, and uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah, All-star. that's a good one. The I would, yeah, I I think that's kind of
1: like a fun reward as jazz fans for the season. Three all stars, all star coach. Um, this is good good stuff. I I game didn't even write that down. Li- that's game awesome.
0: itself was a little lackluster, but it was more the fact that they all got in. Right,
1: right. Okay, my last one is so before the season started. I mean, all all this. Um, What's Rudy's contract gonna look like? What's Donovan gonna do? What's jo- or what's Jordan gonna do? All this stuff, and l- little did we know, our guy Ryan Qualtrics was jumping into the mix, with with his fun tech excitement and large sized wallet. Um, and I thought I just think Brian Smith and the addition of Dwayne Wade. I I love the Millers, and there's, I mean, nothing wrong you can say about the Millers and what they've done for the Jazz, and, um, I mean, just think of the, the effect that Jazz have on people's lives. We're literally podcasting about the Jazz, but, um, I think, so far, it's been an amazing switch, um, and Ryan Smith is doing awesome stuff, and he brought on Dwayne Wade, he re-signed Rudy Donovan and I look at these playoffs and, and I'm like so excited for the playoffs but I'm just excited for the Jazz future I mean I just feel like after every off season, it's like okay kind of what do we look like next year but it it just seems like and the Jazz also have some awesome contracts but they're going to be a great team for a long time so I, I just yeah. think that um, there's a lot of future optimism towards the
0: jazz i'm super glad you did this one because it's two topics i wanted to cover too and and just ryan taking over the team and dwayne wade being a part of it that didn't make my five we're gonna be an honorable mention so it's it's perfect my fifth is different but yeah dude we've talked about this before but in the history of of jazz fan like this is an awesome time to be a jazz fan uh this is this is right up there right up there i'm so optimistic i get that people could say contract situations like what's gonna happen with mike whatever there are other teams better positions for the next few years I, whatever man we have two cornerstone pieces locked in and we have an owner that's creative and willing to spend and willing to win and we brought dwayne wade in um it's awesome uh, all i would add on to that is just in in the shout out to the millers that you made um if you haven't listened to it check out our podcast episode that had our dad on it um Talking about the Larry Miller era, in my opinion, it was a, one of the best 25 Utah Jazz podcasts that's ever been made. I'm just throwing it out. There. I think it's probably higher than that. But I was saying that and I'm just saying that solely because our dad was fantastic in it. Um, and people should listen to it. Also, the one where, that we did uh, about Jerry Sloan. So if you're um, he we, we call him the historian of the pod. We call him the father of the pod. Um, but both those put into context our, our feelings about them. And I, I thought were really good. Um, not because of us, um, although you were great. Um, yeah. But yeah, super, super optimistic about that. All right, here's my fifth one, Doug, then, to put a bow on this sec- segment one. Um, Riley Geisman put out a beautiful video earlier today that was a hype for the playoffs. So shout out to to Riley. Um, And it starts with all the unsalvageable stuff at the beginning of it. But it, it feels like a distant memory at this point. I almost had to remind myself, Doug, that at this time a year ago, we were at our most despondent that we've ever been as jazz fans because there were nothing but reports that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell could not coexist on the same basketball team. And my thing this year was just going to be, uh, I'm going to remember this as a leap year for both of those guys. They both, I think had their best seasons. I think the ceiling of this team is entirely dependent on how good they both are. Um, which is what bums me out that Donovan's not playing today, but I'm still optimistic he'll be back soon. And, uh, they unsalvageable they were not um it turns out and actually they've been awesome on the court you can tell that they're not you know bosom buddies off the court but that they've actually been like super good body language and nice to each other they they've worked on it like adults do with difficult working relationships and they've put out the best year I, i've said this before in the pod but you know i'm the biggest rudy gobert homer in the world I thought he was 85% of himself for a lot of last year, which is still, in my opinion, the best defensive basketball player alive. But you could see the energy wasn't there. You could see the vibes between them weren't as good. And this year, I think he's been the best he's ever been. I just think he he moves better. I mean, there was a time when he wasn't shooting grip in the free throw line. I think he got better. I'm not talking about any number other than the fact that I'm just watching with my eyes and seeing him guard two people at the same time more than ever, seeing him guard three people at a time sometimes, seeing him get rebounds, get blocks in a play. And I think the thing that bums me out about the Donovan Mitchell injury, so I think Rudy Gobert, talking about your point about MVP, I think Rudy Gobert was an MVP-level player. I think I think if you're going to put Chris Paul in your top five MVP ballot, then why are you not putting Rudy Gobert in? Because for all, all the same intangible things, the the biggest constant on this team um aside you made the good points about joe and royce whatever the biggest constant on the team is rudy goberry played every game and uh he is the foundation piece centerpiece of our offense and our defense um and yeah i meant that when i said our offense is in just the way that it's done i mean donovan's our best offensive player but he had an mvp level season um smart basketball writers unaffiliated with the jazz like john hollinger have put him as high as second in their ballots so i'm not on an island about this But I thought the last month before Donovan was hurt, he was playing at an MVP level. I thought if he played that way the whole year, he would be in the MVP conversation. And uh, all that spells, I'm pretty excited about this team. (laughs) But I mean, those guys together, um, they're two of my favorite basketball players I've ever watched. And um, I'm super stoked when they both signed their contracts. And I'm even more stoked that they both just played their best seasons And, uh, boom, the future, the future keeps rolling. And, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy that they are our, um, Malone and Stockton, uh, the new version.
1: I love it. I love it. I've been, I haven't been on Twitter because I've been grinding so hard on finals. Um, and so I'm going to, I haven't seen the Riley Geisman video.
0: Find it. I retweeted it. It's good.
1: Um, but I, I mean, yeah, that every emotion in the past year as as jazz fans you felt it um and we've been along with it whether it's been on our unofficial phone call podcasts or right here in the zoomosphere um we've been we've been a part of the whole ride so it's just been fun
0: yeah uh doug it- This season, um, here's how I would describe it. It was was best team in the NBA kind of stuff.
1: Best team in the NBA kind of season, Mark.
0: Yep. All right, let's go to segment two.
1: If you haven't had a chance, check out the Jazz Pod Co-op on Twitter. It's a group of podcasts with like-minded people that just want to share their opinions on the Jazz. Here's a preview. Mark and Doug Hintsey on the twos and threes.
0: The weird things about dude shots is like my favorite like NBA subcategory of. <laughs> of the that definitely, that definitely the gets my sure. And mm-hmm. like, or their like the length of their arms affecting something. I, I'm, I'm like whether they jump off of one foot or because, two foot. Right. Like,
1: Emily and McCoy on the Jazzy Gals.
0: If anything, that video also reminded me like how just a few inches difference it was bef- between us being on one side versus the other you know like well we all know a few inches can make a difference who logan and jared on hitting the high notes i, I don't even care if they're hurt <laughs> i mean or they're,
1: we're or not, they're not gonna wobbles. dance on any injuries but yes no, i I i
0: can't make any <laughs> promises i don't even care if it's a fluke or we cheat i don't even care I'll you up, yeah. if
1: you're not cheating you're not trying
0: right um yeah. that's what
1: they say and Brian and McCade on Home Court
0: Press. With Boyan, Memphis is really struggling to shoot. So giving on to the Grizzlies, and then having the Grizzlies forward our first-round pick onto another team. If you can get to on a first-round pick, and then get Memphis to throw in a first-round pick in the a and take Boyan, a lot of possibilities open for a guy like John Collins. Yay! So it turns out that after the regular season, though, you have to play in the playoffs. Um, and nobody's going to care that this was the best season in the history of the franchise if we flame out in the playoffs. Um, so I guess, like, a quick mention, Doug, is that we have to acknowledge the fact that as of, like, I don't know, 48 hours ago, what was it, 72 hours ago, we were like, are we going to get LeBron James in the first round? <laughs> or are we yeah, going to get Steph Curry? as as uh, Like, we were, like, trying to figure out, are we hoping for Steph Curry? <laughs> like... Is that what we're doing here? Are, are we, we hoping for run <laughs> Are we rooting for the Lakers in a game? And when I was watching that game, there was a time where I was like, "I think we want the Lakers." And uh, but then they won, and I was like, "Oh, thank goodness, it's not the Lakers. Like, we'll still beat the Warriors." But this is, I mean, stuff's going. And then John Morant's like, uh, "Not today." What a fun thing! The whole plav. I mean, this isn't about that, but uh, nuts. But at the same time, I don't want to overlook them. And let's talk about them. I want to know your thoughts. But it, it we're, feels like we're playing a kind of a traditional eight seed, which is a super talented young team, youngest team in the NBA, super talented, plays hard, and was under 500. And that's the kind of thing that you want and expect when you're the one seed. It's like, hey, we're going to play this up-and-coming team. They're going to be a little plucky. We're going to send them on their way. Um, so I tweeted as soon as it happened that, hey, there's there's zero excuses for the Jazz at this point. They have the kind of bracket that they deserved as a one seed. It didn't feel like they were going to get it, and they did. Um, and now they got to take care of business. Uh, this is going to play after, so after the first game. So we'll see. But what are you, what are you looking for in this series? And what are you, what are you? I don't know. What are you worried about? What are you confident? In? What do you want to see?
1: Okay. Well, I, I think what you said. I mean, the Grizzlies are a really talented team, and and I'm 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 adding team um, with some emphasis on that because if you look. Add the other two potential teams that the Jazz could have played. Um, the Warriors and the Lakers. The Warriors are scary because of Steph. And, I mean, Draymond plays good defense and is a good cog in the offensive scheme as well. And the Lakers are scary because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies have second-year star John Morant. They're, I would say they're a good team. They've got good they've got better pieces than the other two teams did, which is, I think why they beat the warriors. Um, and so that makes me nervous, but at the same time makes me kind of excited. Cause I feel like, like you said, and we've said many times the jazz are the best team. Um, and I get nervous when the jazz play like a, a wing style, like top five player in the league. Um, but I don't know. I think that it'll be fun and it'll be an exciting series because I think that the Grizzlies are a good team, but I think that also bodes well for the jazz because we're a great team.
0: Does that make sense? I feel like I just said Makes, team a lot, but uh, Hey, there's guess what there isn't in, in team is. an I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It made sense to me, Doug. And I think it's, it's the right way to think about it in in, in a lot of ways. And Look for context, I guess. In the regular season, the Jazz beat these guys three out of. They played the Grims, Grizzlies three out of four games in a row, yeah. and they beat them all three times. There was good games in there, though. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody should get overly confident because of that. But I'm with you. It's just like, look, I, I guess to me, this isn't a team that I feel like takes us out of what we want to do in any way. Yeah. Um, to your point, their best ball handler, scorer shot creator is another small guard. Yep. And so they're not exploiting one of the potential weaknesses of the Jazz, which is kind of a lack of size on the guard line. Um, And maybe their most consistent player all year was Jonas Valanciunas. And uh, he's a traditional big. He's yeah. not going to go out and shoot the three. He can, has a little bit of range, but he wants to go in. I mean, guess what? Rudy Gobert, this is a nice matchup for him. Also, I think the way they defend the pick and roll, they're going to drop Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, we'll see. They're not like a switching, switch-everything team, as far as I understand, which is one of the things that sort of gives us the Jazz problems from time to time. I just feel like we match up well. Now, that said, things to look out for, I think, from my cursory research of the Grizzlies. Uh, they're like the number one transition team in the NBA. They're going to run. The Jazz historically have had a bugaboo with transition defense, I think there was a big thing this season after we got run out the gym by the Wizards, where Quinn was like, hey, this is we gotta realize this. And since then, the Jazz have been one of the best transition defenses in the NBA. That's gonna be big. Can we we pass the ball a lot, which can lead to a lot of turnovers if they're live ball turnovers or on misses, long misses. Are we gonna get out and and defend transition? That's big. And they do just have a lot of scrappy dudes. I mean, Dylan Brooks wants to injure somebody. Um, I want to slap him in the face already. We haven't even started one second of this series, and I, I want to slap him in the face. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna be looking for Donovan's ankle. Maybe that's why he's sitting out of this game. They're like, let's just see if we can win one and not risk Donovan getting like stepped on by Dylan Brooks. Or so he makes or me tripped nervous. over by by or tripped over Grayson you, Allen. You know where I was going. We got Grayson Allen, the dirtiest player in the history of basketball. Um, who, you know. He, he had a, a cup of coffee with the Jazz, and we cheered for him then. And I was I was comfortable, I guess, being able to resume my previous Grayson Allen feelings when he left. Uh, but he man, he hit a few really big shots to get them in the playoffs. He so did good for him. So Grayson's, you know, he's he's become a good player. Um, and uh, you know, Triple J Jaron Jackson Jr. is arguably their their second best player, the one they have the most optimism about. He's pretty fresh off an injury. He hasn't looked super great, but so since he's been back. But I've said like they they have a deep roster of guys. One theme is a lot of jazz Twitter wanted the Jazz to draft Desmond Bain instead of um Big Doke. And he's a big wing who can shoot. And so there'll be a lot of like anytime he makes a shot, we're gonna have to live with a segment of Jazz Twitter being like, ugh. And I'm just bracing myself for it already. And I'll tell you this, Doug. In the two playing games, I fell in love with this uh, Tillman Senior guy. I don't even know his first name, but he looks like a stretched out version of Lou Dort. He's got a forty inch neck, and he and he made a couple big threes, and he's a defender. And I, it feels like they got a bevy of of big bodies. So I I don't know. I mean, that that's I guess to me it's like, hey, be the best team in the NBA player offense. These guys, in in my view, don't do anything to take us out of it, other than. They're the a young athletic team that's going to want to run and run and run. So, you know, Bogey's got to get back. Joe's got to get back. We're probably going to see a ton of those, you know, Euro take fouls that that I actually hate to watch, but are smart basketball by Quinn, where if they have a fast break advantage. We're just going to foul them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's that's kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, I, I I mean I think you laid it out really well. Um, they've got to they've got some good guys. It's, I mean, you got to watch out for John Morant. Um, he's one of the most exciting players in the NBA. Um, and with John Morant, will there be other guys that step up and have big games? I think that's, I mean, seeing John Morant versus Steph Curry was super exciting and it was a duel. Um, so I think he's gonna do cool stuff and in, in this series, so a lot of it will be how do the Jazz respond and what do they do with the other guys? Like, is Grayson having a big night? How do we stop that?
0: Um, Grayson Joe getting into a fight would be a fun wrinkle. Oh man, show. that would be just amazing. like a, not a fight, but a little bit of a frisky thing. You know what I mean? Um, Royce tripping Grayson. Yeah, there you go. Uh their coach, their head coach is named Taylor Jenkins, which. Maybe this is just because there was a Taylor Jenkins in my high school. It sounds like as Utah of a name as you could possibly have, yeah. other than like Gunnar Romney. Um, so that's fun. Um, Gunnar but, Romney is from Arizona. Yeah. Not but really I, I like it. I know. Not you're... really, though. It's a Utah right, name. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting, though, that the most Utah name ever uh, is in Arizona. Yeah, there's
1: a Utah pocket in Arizona. It's... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, I think it'll be fun. As much as I want to say and have jokingly said um, the great Moses Malone quote, uh, Jazz and fo, fo 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 fo," that we're just going to beat everybody in four games. I, I think this is probably a five-game series. The fact that Donovan's not playing today, I would not be surprised if the Jazz swept them. Um, and I wouldn't... The fact that he's not playing today, I wouldn't be super surprised if it went six. Um, but I think if they take care of business in game one memphis will probably win one at home they've got a good home crowd they're good and it's probably a five-game series but that's my prediction we'll see if, if it sounds dumb if the jazz like lay an egg in game one but i don't think they will okay I
1: mean, one thing mark that we're neglecting to say and this is um the main reason i was excited about this series was that it's mike conley versus the grizzlies i mean Don oh, Don yeah. mitchell, mitchell sit out the whole I've, series this is mike conley's Mike Conley yeah. has the potential of seven home games. Not a, not that it's going to go that far, but um, this is awesome. This is, okay, like, credit to Grizzlies Media, but they put out a really cool hype video of talking about it. has been four years since the Grizzlies were in the playoffs. Grand City. Um, one of the teams that just was awesome. Um, but it has a transition of showing... Mike Conley's back, and then John Morant peeking out. This is a yeah, super yeah. cool video. I saw it. Um, cool. But this is going to be just a fun series for Mike. And this is going to be cool. Um, everyone's talking about Melo playing against the Nuggets, and I think that the cooler thing is Mike playing against Grizzlies. So,
0: oh, man, G- I guess, guess what I didn't think about one time in that in that Nuggets Blazers series was the fact that Mel used to play for the Nuggets. I, I guess I live <laughs> in Portland, so
1: I that's okay. I, lis- I listen to sports radio
0: here. So maybe maybe national people yeah, are talking yeah, about that, that makes sense. It makes sense.
1: Um,
0: um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is bigger than that. It's a great point. There's just a lot of interconnectedness, too, because we traded Grayson there. There were some funny jokes on Twitter that were like. Dennis Lindsay didn't draft Desmond Bain so that the Grizzlies would knock out Steph Curry. Dennis Lindsay traded Grayson Allen so that he would knock out Steph Curry and the Warriors. I mean, that was kind of fun, but yeah, the biggest one is the fact that, Hey, Memphis is over there with their point guard of the future. And we're here with their point guard of the present until we stole him. So, um, I, I do hope this is a big, big time. Mike Conley thing. Mike Conley was great in the playoffs for the jazz last year. Sometimes we forget that he missed the first two games. Um, and he was awesome, but he's been so much better this year. Um, and I just – I he, I thought he looked good in the last couple games back. I wasn't watching him like a hawk, to be honest, because whatever, those games. But uh, I, th- I th- so I'm glad he got a couple games in under his belt. But yeah. but, yeah, I mean, I think one thing to look for, um, just whatever, is the Jazz lineup when – I mean, the first two guys to come out for the Jazz in their normal rotation are Mike Conley and Rudy. And I don't know how that's going to change without Donovan playing. But then they come back and they play minutes against the second unit of the other team, unless if the other team adjusts. And that lineup has destroyed the NBA this year. I mean, it's part of why Mike and Rudy have led in plus minus. And uh, having that again against these guys, uh, I don't know. It's something to look for. I, I think it will be. It will prove successful. Um, so give me your prediction for the series, Doug. I'm going to say Jazz in four. I like it. I like it. Bold. Did I, Simple. I, yeah. No apologies, Jazz and four. One, two, three, four. I just tried to count four on my hand and it, my ring finger doesn't work very well. Um, I like it. Okay. I said five because I'm a piece of chicken crap and you said four because you're the man. Um, I like it. Let's uh, let's leave it at that because this is going to come out after the game. And let's do a quick segment three where we just go through um our picks for the rest of the league. All right, Doug. Uh, here's my, Do you have them ready to go like in front of you? I yeah, I'm looking at the bracket right now. Do you want me Rapid to fire. Do you want me to say it? I have mine listed out. So, yeah, just say say who you got.
1: Okay. Clippers versus Mavericks. I'm going to say
0: Mavs. I'm saying Mavs too. I mean, we have the benefit of game 1, but Here's the thing. This is the one. I, this is the one that I picked. One way that I feel least good about, other than Hawks nuts, which I actually have zero feelings about because I don't even care. Yeah. Um. But I don't like this Clippers team. I don't trust them. I, not that I want to trust them. I want to beat them. But I just don't. I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're that good. Everybody always gets mad at me when I say this. I feel like I just don't think they're that good. That's my thing. I think the Mavericks are going to win. I don't feel great about it. I mean, the Clippers might win because I, I don't. Love the Mavericks team, but you know, uh, I think Clippers and six and uh, Mavs and six. Yeah, I like slip. it.
1: Mavs and six. Okay. I think that after this season, Paul George is gonna go be a really good third guy on some super team.
0: The Lakers, yeah,
1: probably. Okay, um, then I've got Nuggets and Trailblazers, and for a homer, I'm just gonna go with the lower seat again, and I'm gonna say that the Trailblazers get the um, get the first series. I'm 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 saying that mostly because of the Jamal Murray injury, and as much as I love our Argentine roots, I don't think that Composo is gonna do anything on on my guy Dame Dala. That
0: guy's so small. Make some nice passes. Uh, all right, I like that we're disagreeing on one because I'm saying the Nuggets, which I'm saying that in spite of the fact that they lost yesterday because that's kind of where I was leaning before. That game made me pause a little bit. I've been such a non-believer in the Blazers' bench defense. Like, when, the fact that they put out lineups with Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony is not something I believe is sustainable in the NBA playoffs. But to your point, I, I do think it might be that the Nuggets don't have the firepower without some of their, without Joel Murray, and I think Will Barton, and some other dudes, um, but I, I still think, and, and when Nurkic plays, they're, the the Blazers defense has been good, Dame's awesome, he's one of my favorite basketball players ever, uh, but I just think the Nuggets are, I, I'm going to go the Nuggets, so we'll be on the other opposite of that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they also lost big yesterday, but Michael Porter Jr. went like
0: 1 for 10 or something like that. And yeah, so. and he... he when he shoots, I remember thinking his shot looked funny at first, but he he is completely unaffected by the defense. So he just missing. It wasn't that they were guarding him. He yeah. just he shoots over the defense. He's one of those dudes, and there's not many of them. So yeah, yeah, it'll be a long series. I think that one's probably going. I, to seven. I
1: I just listened way too much to local sports media, and so I'm I, I'm the 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 Blazers got to get this one. Okay, yeah, um, and then Phoenix versus the Lakers. You go first this time.
0: I was gonna go Suns, Doug. I was gonna go Suns before today. I'm. Mean, this isn't a just they just won the game today. Uh, the Suns are a better basketball team. I'm not confident in this one because LeBron James is amazing, and even in this game where they look crappy, he he kind of keeps them around. Uh, but I'm picking Suns in a in a close, tight, long series.
1: Okay, I like it. Well, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you just because I'm feeling disagreeable, and okay. I think that the Lakers win in seven. Okay. but I don't like to let, say that. I, yeah, I let honestly, it be known
0: that you're the Lakers homer on this podcast. Uh, no. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know. I think that I, I honestly, the Suns scare me more than the pick. Lakers, but, um, I see the jazz playing the Lakers potentially in the conference final and
0: it being awesome. That would be fun. That would be fun. be fun. Um, okay. Let's rip through the, let's rip through the East because it's the boring conference. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna tell you my winners: Nets, Bucks, Sixers, and then the only one that I think is hard, um, actually, the Bucks and Heat should be. It. I think the Bucks are gonna win. That first game was, I think they needed to win um, for mentally after what happened with the Heat last year, and man, they eked it out. But I think they're just better. I think the Heat are still a bit of a mess. Um, do you degree, disagree on any of those? Nets, Bucks, Sixers.
1: Nope. But you didn't. You didn't say the four or five.
0: Yeah, that one's the only one that I'm like, I honestly don't know. And I don't even know. It's going on right now. I'm not sure what the score is. I think the Knicks, I I think the Knicks, I'm, I'm like shrugging my shoulders, probably the Knicks because maybe Tom Thibodeau and Julius Rand. I've, I, I've been kind of annoyed at how much buzz Julius Randle has gotten like for MVP and first team all NBA just because he plays in New York and and, and other jazz guys haven't gotten love. But at the same time, I I like his top end game. I'm not, I'm. I'm still a little bit playoff Trae Young skeptical in his first run there. Um, but the Hawks are probably a more talented team. So I don't know. I, I, Knicks with a shrug emoji. I'm just going to say
1: the Knicks because all the players in the Knicks, due to Tom Thibodeau's system, are more accustomed to playing like 40 minutes a night. So they'll be ready to go for a series that's going to be grueling and they have to play a lot of minutes. Um, it was kind of a joke, but didn't land very well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um I I, I think I, I got to run to it.
1: I don't I don't pick the Knicks as well. I I don't know. I'm I'm not the biggest Trey Young believer as I as I've said in the past. But yeah, I think that um Knicks get this one and even though it would be fun for me to see the Hawks because I'm on the Nate McMillan bandwagon that everyone wants to see the Knicks win. I do like him. I do. Um like him.
0: so, yeah. But I I think the Knicks will win. Yeah. All right, dude. Do we need to do any kind of – I think we'll call it. So, I mean, Doug, it's the playoffs. Um, My end one is just that. My end one is that it's the playoffs. I'm stoked about it. Um, It's going to be fun, man. We've been waiting for this a long time. It's been a grind. Twos and threes are back. We'll try to have fun stuff during the playoffs. And uh, let's go. Forget what I said earlier. Jazz, fo 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 fo.
1: Jazz in sixteen, baby. That's the name. jazz
0: in sixteen. I like it. Okay, hey, you're the best man. This is twos and threes. Boom, boom.